You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It happened last Saturday <clears throat> about 1 o'clock, and my wife Deb was going to um, uh, my little nephew's uh, wedding shower in Montgomery, Alabama. So we had some friends over, uh, you know, a day before uh, to do some bow hunting and we had fixed up five or six stands so that they could have, uh, you know, their choice of where they wanted to go. And I have another probably seven or eight stands, and we're very, very safety-minded here. And nobody gets in a stand without a safety belt. You know, if there's got to be a lifeline on a tree, which is a line that attaches to the top of the tree, ties to the bottom of the tree. And when you start up the ladder, you hook in, and then you, you're hooked in all the way up when you get in the stand all the way down. So... There's no way for you to fall once you get hooked into the lifeline. So we had the stands up, and generally what we do at the end of the year, we'll go and, uh, you know, kind of release the tension on the straps because the trees grow. And uh, so, you know, I'll go make sure that the straps are all, the tension's all right, that the stands are all good, and put a lifeline up. And mm-hmm. I had uh, two lifelines that I was going to put up that day. Um, Deb took off to go to uh, you know, Montgomery, and I was on a four-wheeler, drove over here, uh, put one lifeline up, piece of cake. It only takes 10 minutes. And so I drove across the dam of the lake and went to the other one and crawled up, and that stand was in good shape. It was solid. Um, of course, I had my safety belt on. I had my lifeline on my arm, uh, you know, and I checked. Uh, there was one strap that needed to be adjusted just, I mean, an inch so I adjusted it, got up to the top, looked at the looked at the stand, and the stand was solid. Um, you know, so I'm like, okay, I can get up and uh, uh, attach this lifeline. So I got up into the tree stand and reached around. I've got hooks on all my stands, and I reached around to hook into the tree. And right as soon as I grabbed my strap to reach up to hook into the tree, it was like a hangman's gallow. The bo- I mean, the, the stand just let go. And, uh, you know, down I went. I hit uh, 20 feet. Um, I don't know if I hit on, I hit on my right side, but I don't know if I hit on my foot, my, my leg, or if I hit. I just don't know. But, uh, you know, I never lost consciousness, but I knew that, uh, you know, I, I hit hard. And I thought, okay, let me just sit here for a minute and see if I can't catch my breath and move a little bit. And I sat there for a couple of minutes and then realized that I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, I couldn't move an inch. Um, I could tell that... Uh, I was having major problems in my pelvis, but, um, you know, I could wiggle my toes. I could move my arms. I could move my head, and I was still conscious. So I'm like, okay, I just, you know, took a fall. So I had my phone in my pocket, which was um, key to this whole thing. I grabbed my phone out, and being in a spot on my farm where I had cell service um, was key. Got Deborah on the phone, told her that I had fallen, that she's going to have to come back. She's going to have to call 9-1 and come and help me. So she turned around. She was 15 minutes away. She turned around and, uh, you know, met the uh, the 911 emergency guys at the, at the gate, and they came back and got me. And, um, you know, I'm, like I said, I never lost consciousness, but, you know, I was in some kind of severe, severe pain. And, um, you know, I thought it was kind of strange because the, the guy said, okay, look, we've got life flight coming in. And I'm thinking, life flight? Why would I need a life flight? You know, I'm you know, probably an hour away from the hotel. And But, I, look, I was welcoming it the way I was feeling right now. Um, so they they picked me up. And, I mean, the pain was unbearable, put me in the helicopter, and it was a 23-minute flight to 
Brady Memorial and um, still didn't really think much about it. You know, until I got there, uh, they brought me in the trauma intensive care unit. And, um, you know, the, the doctor told me, said, look, we've got to do some things to help you here, but we can't really, your blood pressure is really, really low, and we can't give you any pain medicine. And I'm like, oh, you know, all right, right. So then he gives me a shot in my leg, my right femur, and drills a hole through my leg and inserted a pin. And I'm thinking, my, my leg's not broken. What's he doing? And he put two, uh, you know, two 10-pound weights on it to kind of ballast out my side because I think, uh, you know, my uh, my pelvis was so crushed, um, you know, that, that would help just keep everything down. Uh, and, and at that point, I didn't know, but helped stop the bleeding. Um, and then they tried to put me in some real tight compression pants, which they finally got into me, and I, and I kept complaining about it, you know, like, okay, look, this is killing me. You guys are killing me. And, and the guy stopped me and said, look, Ned, this is going to save your life. we got to do this. And that's when I started, like, what are you talking about saving my life? Well, you know, I ended up going through seven, eight units of blood. Um, they couldn't get the bleeding to stop. They had to take me up to surgery. Um, you, you know, to perform some procedure where they put something in my uh, artery in my leg and shot foam up in my uh, pelvis to get the bleeding to stop. Um, and at that point, I was still in critical condition. Uh, brought me back to the room and monitored me all night and then finally went in the next day at uh, like 1 o'clock uh, to do the surgery um, to put the pins in and the rods and uh and all of that, but after the surgery is when the, the trauma doctor came in, and and uh, you know Deb and I were both we were really kind of calm, you know, not really worried about it. And he said, "Look," he said, "I want to tell you guys something. You guys don't know how lucky you are." And I said, "Yeah, we were lucky. We had you guys." And he goes, "No," he goes, "These these types of injuries result in death 25 to 30 percent of the time, and you had lost your 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 fracture was so significant." You were losing blood to the point where we couldn't stop. And he said, you were starting to crash. We were losing you. So I'm like, oh, my God, you know, well, I feel better now. And, uh, you know, but the, the whole key is there's been times where I've been out there and been up in a tree and reached for my phone and don't have my phone and think, God, man, that's so stupid. If something happened, you need your phone. And luckily for me, I had my phone. If I didn't have my phone, Deb was on her way to Montgomery. She wasn't coming back that night. And, uh, you know, I would have died right there probably in a couple of hours. You know, I just thought I was going to be fine. You know, I just said, okay, my pelvis is broken. You know, I'm a pretty tough guy. I can handle, uh, handle the pain. You know, it just didn't occur to me, um, that, uh, you know, that this was going on. Um, you know, it did to my friends, but, you know, not to me. Um, and, and until it was all said and done. And by then, uh, you know, I was pretty much kind of out of the woods at that point. They had gotten all the bleeding stopped and, uh, gotten the pelvis put back together. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, it was a little scary, uh, you know, getting on that helicopter because I was, I was in so much pain and I was, you know, kind of getting really, really woozy. And, you know, I'm like, man, this is, this is, this is a bad one here, but I still felt like I was in great hands and really didn't, you know, didn't, didn't, I didn't understand the gravity of the situation until, uh, I was through it. Um, but you know, like I told Deb, you know, I'm, I am so safety conscious minded on this farm. And if I was just, you, you know, if I was just climbing up a tree, helter skelter, but no, I mean, I had my safety, I did everything right. It was just an accident. 
You know, and what's the cause of the accident? I don't know. I haven't been able to get back out there and won't be able to get back out there probably for, you know, a month or so before I can be able to, you know, hopefully get out of this chair. Um, but I don't know if the strap broke. I just don't know what gave way, why, why the sand would fall the way that it did. I told Deb, but, um, you know, I just think that it was time that God that, thought that, uh, I should become a better listener. So, uh, you know, I get to sit and talk to you for three straight months now without moving. I got no place to run, no place to hide. And, uh, and we both laugh about that, but, you know, no, not really. It's just, uh, you know, one of those freaky accidents and you just work to get to it. The only thing I did was I shattered my pelvis and I broke four ribs. You know, I didn't, there, I have no, uh, no issues with my arms, shoulders, legs, uh, ankles. I mean, of course, you, you can imagine the, the, the bleeding and the swelling on my right side. Um, but no, I mean, even where they drilled the hole in my femur, you know, that's not even sore. So, you know, just, just getting, getting, you know, that pelvis to start to come back together a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think I'm going to be fine. And we, our next our appointment, um, we go on the 20th of November to get these, uh, all these staples out that they had to put in and re-X-ray, and that'll give us a better idea, you know, how, uh, you know, how long we're going to have to be in the wheelchair. But, you know, they said probably somewhere between two and three months, and, you know, for me, it's going to probably be two. 